Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG. We are an all transgender, people of color led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non colonial anti orientalist world. I am your game master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C. I use they them pronouns, and I play Okahaye, an Osmar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica, and I play V Nocturzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra, and I use they she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max. My pronouns are they them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include drowning, suffocation, vast bodies of water, death of loved ones, and fantasy violence. Arc 2, Episode 14. Salt in Her Heart from Catastrophic Breakdown in Exiles of Eden by Ladon Osman. Sprout had always wanted to be a keeper of the weave spun nest. Ever since their third star cycle, when they had first learned about the role from an elder in Hug Death. It was an honor, they'd been told. Only those chosen by the Raven Queen herself were worthy of guarding the sacred nest, meditating at its roots, trimming its twigs, and feeding the birds that flocked to it. Sprout remembers asking, How do you know if you're chosen? But the elder had only smiled. You'll know, child. You'll know. Even so, when the Paragon came, Sprout remembers being surprised. They'd been climbing the gnarled branches of the nest, sprinkling bird seed along the twisted boughs, and thinking deeply. Ever since the changing of the keepers during Adolin, something had been off at the nest. A feeling of pressure, of waking up from morning meditation only for it to be nightfall already. More birds than ever. The other keepers noticed it too, of course, B 
bee chalked it up to the cataclysm, but Sprout wasn't so sure. None of it felt hostile. Just big. Like they were frogs in the mud, unaware that they were part of a swamp, a bigger picture. And then there was the derby, but that was another matter entirely. Sprout was thinking about all of these things as they sprinkled the bird seed. They were so caught up in their ruminations that they didn't notice when the woman parted the wall of vines and stepped into the clearing of the nest. They didn't notice when she pulled back the black leather hood of her sleeveless armor and narrowed her golden eyes. They didn't notice the blood sweat running down her temples. They did, however, notice when she spoke. I'm ready. Sprout remembers turning around in surprise. They remember opening their mouth to say, Uh, excuse me, but I am a keeper of the weave-spun nest. You can't be here. Only other keepers... They remember a flash of void light, black, a tenebrous fabric of darkness folding around the woman like raven's wings. They remember the woman stiffening, her head flung back, pale throat exposed like a prayer, obsidian light shooting from her eyes and mouth in radiant columns of shadow. They remember the sound of a thousand birds cawing, flying, swooping. They remember darkness, wind, and immense pressure. And then Sprout hits the ground, unconscious, and they don't remember anything else at all. Meanwhile, Rev, wreathed in shimmering, swirling black light, the clearing of the nest growing dark as a thousand birds flock overhead, blotting out the sunless sky with their multitudinous wings. The spiraling darkness lifts Rev into the air over the limp forms of the four keepers, over the tall, branch-stitched walls of the nest, and into the nest herself. And Rev is lowered gently to the ground, the wind whisking around her, whipping up dead leaves, twigs, fallen branches, cracked eggshells. This gleaming darkness peels away from her body, revealing a Rev reborn. White streaks shoot through her long black hair. The golden tattoos on her muscular arms begin to shimmer and move, feathers rippling across her skin as though they were alive. A cape of oil-black feathers springs from her armor and sprawls to the ground. Rev opens her eyes, revealing one regular golden eye and one black eye, inky darkness covering every single part of it, including the sclera. And then the Raven Queen speaks. Oh, sorrowful darkness, reaper of wing and claw, a revenant with two names, traverser of the after, seek vengeance no more. Bring death to ghosts and life to the living. Arise, my paragon. The darkness peeling off of Rev's body solidifies in front of her, forming a scythe with a curved silver blade and ebony handle. Rev knows what she has to do. She grabs the scythe and she gasps its name out loud. Grim. As Rev's fingers wrap around the scythe, 
a massive shockwave of energy explodes outward from the point of contact, an invisible wave of necromantic power. The wave sweeps across the nest over the unconscious keepers through the swampy woods surrounding the clearing. It sweeps past a moth on a branch, its wings shredded from some predator's beak, but unable to die because, of course, of the profane undeath. But as this wave makes contact, the moth shudders, trembles, and falls. And this wave continues, sweeping across the court, passing through animals and people alike, cleansing the undeath from the land. It reaches Shade Cap, passing through the old woman on her porch, with Moss Crawler by her side. She gasps as it travels through her soul, then relaxes against her rocking chair, dying at last with a smile on her face. The wave travels over the pond, kicking up eddies and waves across the black tongue, rocking boats on the river, past the boiling creek, the snapping turtles, the quicksand, and finally, poosh, this wave of divine necromantic energy hits the four of you. Oka, Manaya, Dewey, and V. And as this energy collides with the bone breaker's rig, the sail poof, balloons wide, catching wind, and the chariot is pushed forward with a sudden gust. And you're rocketed down this woody, swampy path. Both Allie and Gator whinnying in terror and fluttering their pegasi wings as they're borne along this gust. But V, you don't notice any of this at all, because you're at zero HP. Instead, you find yourself in a room, a dark room with no windows or walls or ceilings or floors. And standing at the far end of the room from you is Rev. Except she looks different. She's holding a huge scythe and she's talking to someone, someone you can't see, someone with massive black wings and a whispering voice of birdsong. And you hear her whisper as you materialize in this room. Scott? Nectus? Make a death saving throw. God. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, 17. A, that's good. That's one. Yeah. Yay! First roll of the finale. You got a 17. Good job. Okay, uh, so V, as you inch closer to life, you see Rev turn like this cape swirling as her eye. It's a pure black eye, not the golden eyes you're used to, like meets your gaze and a look of surprise on her face. And she just goes, no, that's, it's too soon for you. And it's like there's a tether in the back of your belly button wrenching you out of this room and you gasp awake inside the rig. Uh, so now let's go to the rest of our PCs after that long spiel. Oka, Manaya, and Dewey. This huge poof wave just sort of hit you. You see V gasp to life. Why don't the three of you make an arcana check for me to see if you can figure out what exactly that was? Because it wasn't just wind. I think we might be able to intuit based on where it's coming from. <laughs> yeah, it's not a super high DC because I, f I figure y'all would be able to... <laughs> No, it has a seven though. Has a seven? Is that does that hit your super low DC? Oka doesn't know shit. <laughs> uh, a seven, Oka. A very it feels like a very strong wind, 
just hit the sail and suddenly you're moving, but there's something else in it. It's definitely magical, though I'm not sure you know exactly what the magic contains. Manaya, Dewey? Has a 13. 13? And 11. 11. Okay, both of you got similar results. Yeah, this definitely uh, is a magical wind. It's not just a gust of air. Uh, and based on the fact that V suddenly jerks awake, all two of you specifically feel like the strings of, of, of the vanishing weave around you, like sort of like slacken and then tighten uh, as something, something is lifted, right? As the wind passes, something is lifted, something that you didn't even know was there, right? It's sort of like getting your wisdom teeth removed. You never really know how much of a nuisance they are until they're gone, that situation. Or like taking off like weights, you know, that you've been carrying for weeks and weeks and just suddenly feeling the load lighten. It's like both of you feel like a, a weight lift from your chests. And Dewey, we sort of have a feeling, you know, what just happened? Looking at V, looking around, uh, profane undeath doesn't feel so profane anymore, and it doesn't feel like it's stifling you anymore. What do the three of you do? I do believe Oka was about to be trampled by Pegasus horses. So as they feel the Pegasus horses on their tail, they are going to kind of like try to do a, a, a one-up on them, you know? Reach around the neck, like kick off uh, and swing a leg over onto at least one of them. Very cool. Okay, just make an athletics check for me to make sure you can get into the chariot. What do the rest of you do? V, you're gasping to life. Do I get... gonna <laughs> stumble over to V's side. Okay, uh, Dewey, you stumble over to V. V, you feel like the chariot rocking underneath you. You're looking up at like branches passing by and you see like a little feathered face swim into view. What do you say? Uh, is that you? Uh, Rev? No, it's Dewey? Was that your girlfriend? Uh, <laughs> I, I saw Rev when I was knocked out. I, oh, and V's like trying to like move, but is like severely like unable to move. Her body's just like not responding to her commands. Um, okay. Uh, okay. What did you get? A handsome 14. Okay, sounds good. So with a 14, you are able to do whatever maneuver you want back onto the chariot. Uh, and you see like V like swimming back to life and, and do we huddled over her? What do you do? I think that the concentration of the adrenaline shot is probably lost if Dewey took damage in that blast. So Oka doesn't know that V just got like knocked out fully. She just looks like shit on the floor. Uh, so I think they're just kind of still amped a little bit and they're like, all right, great. We're moving again. We're moving again. Hey, you look like shit. And they're going to kind of like slap V a little hard on the cheek and cast healing hands. All right. How does that work? I use an action to heal equal to my level with a touch. Uh, so as Oka slaps V, a little bit of light uh, leaks into her body and she regains eight hit points back. You're welcome. Oh my god, and V, like, her body, like, springs to life a little more, and she can, like, start to sit up, but she's still, she's she's real messed up. Uh, she's like, thank you. Oh my gosh, are we winning? Not yet, but we're fucking about to be. Okay, Manaya, you've been pretty quiet during this. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, Manaya's in the back of the ship, and I think as soon as the wind, like, picks up as hard as it is, uh, there's, like, a brief moment where she looks back, and she's like, yeah. And then she like grabs uh, the sheets in her hands and reaches for uh, the steering oar, but we don't have a steering oar. So she, I guess she like uses that other hand to grab the sheets, I guess, and like get the sail angled so that we're just like going. 
Yeah, you y'all are going going fast. So, Manaya, why don't you make a sleight of hand check for me with advantage, uh, given that you are a experienced sailor? As this is happening, I think Oka would be helping the bone breakers up and doing any like anything with the the Pegasus to help out to get us moving at full speed again. Okay, yeah. As you turn to the bone breakers, lore is like, whoa, what was that? Crazy wind coming out of nowhere. But hey, hey, oh, uh, the rapids are coming up. Everyone should brace. Uh, and it's about that time, Manaya, what did you get? Use our collective inspiration. Okay, we have one point of collective inspiration, bumping that back down to zero. Thanks for the subs, y'all. Not about to take that nine. Okay, 11's a little better, but that's okay. the best I can get. 11 is a little better. Uh, yeah, you're able, with an 11, uh, and this gust of wind bearing you along, you're able to, this little rickety chariot, you know, go in and like, Ali and Gator whinnying and neighing, try to keep, you know, keep up with the chariot. You catch up to the the slithering snake in front of you, that huge, big, like multiple times bigger than the world's biggest anaconda going. And you see like um, her brothers, as you found out last session, are like perched on her back, like like gallop, like sitting on saddles or like standing like with like big bomb spears, like whooping and whooping. And they disappear into a thicket in front of you. Uh, but you're close behind. The bullets are nowhere in sight. They like have t- taken off. They definitely have the lead here. Um, but as Laura says that, she goes, all right, everybody, brace! And the rig begins to charge forward toward this thicket beyond which you can't really see anything. But why don't all of you make a perception check for me, please? Nat 20. Nat 20 from Anaya. Anyone else? Can, can anyone else beat that? Close. I got an 18. I got a 16. All right. 18 from Dewey. 16 from Oka. V? Six, which feels on brand. <laughs> Yeah, V, let's say you're still sputtering and coughing uh, at the bottom of the rig. Uh, Manaya, what does it look like as you're like, you're like scouting ahead? Do you have like one like foot propped up on like the prow of the chariot, like looking at the thicket, like paint a word picture for me. So Manaya is still at the back, holding the sheets. And I think with how strong and how sudden the wind is, she's braced like her feet at the deck of the ship. And I don't think maybe she sees it, but maybe she smells it. Oh yeah, you smell it? And you hear it. The smell of seawater, salt water that had sort of been here, you know, for a little bit suddenly gets very strong, right? As you approach this thicket of trees um, and you hear like a, a distant roar that gets rapidly louder, like like the roar of rushing water, uh, which could be like like waves breaking against like rocks, right? Or like the, the sound of like tides or something. Um, but it's very loud. It's like much louder than the regular ocean is. Uh, and Dewey, with your 18, you can sort of glimpse beyond like gaps in the thickets of like branches and twisting vines. You see the ocean, uh, but it's kind of far away. Still, in a way that doesn't really make sense. Uh, and as the chariot breaks through the thicket, all of you see now, except for V, who's I think still, still prone, you're headed for the edge of a cliff uh, where there a huge waterfall is spilling directly into the boundary waters, which are some couple dozen, maybe even a hundred feet down, like a straight plummet down. And the the snake, the snake goes, and like, like over the edge of the waterfall. And like all the guys go, "Ah!" and you you don't hear impact uh, over the roar of the waterfall, what Lore had called the rapids. Are you fucking out of your mind? I told you this this was a straight shot straight shot to the to the boundary waters to the finish line. Okay, what did the four of you do uh, as you're hurtling toward the edge of this waterfall? Oh, look at the Pegasi. The Pegasi are going to fucking help us. We're going to swing bottom heavy. 
They keep us heavy with this wind. We should be able to stay level. Just keep them angled with the ship. Oka gets, uh, sh- shoves Scrum off as well uh, and takes the reins up again. Hey, watch it! Uh, this is the goblin, but you're able to easily shove him, and I think his butt lands on a V's face as he rolls backward. He's rather cramped quarters back here. Uh, a little bit of a Three Stooges moment here. Uh, and Oka, as you grab the reins of Ali and Gator, roll animal handling for me. A lot of animal handling checks. It landed on me, but it was a natural 19 plus uh, two, so 21. All right, fine, I'll let you do it. Uh, so how are you handling Allie and Gator as, you're, as you begin to hurtle over the edge? Oh, I know, Oka can fly. Oka has wings and knows how to fly. They've done things like jump off of things that were way too tall and let themselves free fall for a minute and then let their wings out in campaign. Uh, so they are using their own knowledge of flight uh, and that time that they carried Manaya around, and I'm sure there have been some off-screen moments of Oka trying to fly around with people because that would be fun, to like try to distribute the weight so that they like don't drop like this and swing underneath, but like just kind of sa- like literally just sail off uh, at mm-hmm. a more direct angle. Yeah, and Manaya is definitely manipulating the sails so that it aids in that, taking full advantage of the wind. All right, sounds good. Yeah, so Oka... <sighs> Here it goes. There's like a slow-mo, like, da-da, as like Allie and Gator like soar over the edge of this like roaring waterfall. And I think there's like a moment as like all of you are like, you know, like we see like Lore like kicking and flailing with her like arms going slow-mo, like Scrum like fall and like flying through the air and like Quailheart grabbing Scrum's legs and and pulling him back down so he doesn't like fall out of the chariot. Uh, And then the the back wheels like, skid off of the water and into the air, uh, and Allie and Gator <laughs> unleash their pegasi feathered wings and they flap and they flap and they kick and they run and they paw through air and Oka, you're, you're pulling on the reins, you're shouting at them, you're trying to use your anatomy to help Amanaya, you're grabbing onto the sail and you're flapping it and you see all of you look down now and you can see that this waterfall is like at least a hundred feet in the air and it plummets straight down into the boundary waters. And on the horizon, Manaya, you see it first, followed by Dewey, giving your previous perception scores with a raven's eye. You can see it from here. It's maybe three to five miles off the coast, and it's a huge, swirling whirlpool, right? Like, there's clouds overhead, and the clouds all, like, seem to swirl, like, above, above the raven's eye as well. You don't really see a finish line, uh, but from your vantage point, if there was one, it, it would still be pretty far off. And, and it, given its size, you probably wouldn't be able to see it from here. Uh, but that's all you can really glimpse of the raven's eye as as the chariot begins to fall. An alien gator flap and flap and flap. And there's a very odd moment as they're able to keep it stable, right? But the chariot is still going to kind of swing underneath it. So your plan was for them to dive, Oka? Not really, uh, to try to make like the, like make the angle less, not a dive and more of like a, and using the sail also to just kind of like pick it up. And I know it'll be heavy, so it'll be a little bit more steep than we want, uh, normally, but ideally to like, kind of like paper airplane it, that's what, that's the attempt here. Trying not to let it swing out underneath us. And if it does start to swing out, then to drive them a little bit steeper downward so that our weight is still up and in the back. All right. As a, as Ellie and Gator start start flying down like a paper airplane method, like you said, uh, I need all of you to make a deck saving throw. Oh dear. Seventeen. 
14. 18. Six. Sorry, 18. Dewey can fly, it's fine. <laughs> Apparently not. Okay, so 17 from V, Manaya 14, Oka 8. 18. Dewey 6. Okay, Dewey, you fall out of the chariot. You fly out. No, I'm out. wearing a harness. I'm still wearing the harness that I tied myself. Uh, can you remind me what you strapped yourself to? It's probably just the ma- the base of the mast. Okay, yeah, you go flying out almost like it. like a bungee bungee cord, right? But like at, at its like maximum extension, you poof, and you start like falling back in. But you see Scrum, like sail past you, right? And he's like, ah! he's like shouting and flailing his limbs, and Quayleheart goes Scrum, like in like even, it's not slow motion, but he's saying it in slow motion. Uh, so Dewey, do you want to try to save Scrum? I reach out for Scrum, yeah. Okay, make a stealth, uh, not stealth, slide a sleight of hand check. Make a stealth check, just for fun. Ooh, that's a 23. 23, wow! Okay, yeah, Dewey, describe to me how you save Scrum's life. Uh, I see Scrum starting to sail past me, and I'm like undoing the knots as quickly as I can. And I've got one hand on the rope still, and then uh, the other one I let, like I let my body uh, fall out behind it a little bit, and then I grab for Scrum's wrist, let's say. You grab Scrum's wrist, he's really sweaty, uh, and you pull him back in and he just, you know, and and there's like a moment as you've like pulled him back in and the wind's rushing, you know, and you hear the roar of the waterfall and it's like spraying you with like, it's it's saltwater spray. And Scrum opens his like big green goblin eyes and his like ears are like pressed flat against his skull. uh, And like a little bit of like his like, like black hair like gets in his eyes and he like, like brushes it out of his face and he looks up at you and he says, well, you saved me, you saved my life. I owe you one. I owe you a blood debt, Dewey. Dewey is just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear him. I'm just like, ah! Uh, Oka sh- try, uh, like, tries to scream back at Dewey to open his wings, because you know like how parasails can sometimes have littler parasails? Oka's, your fucking wings, Dewey! I can't hear you. I'm, scre- I'm screaming. Right, it's just chaos and screaming. Uh, and the the surface of the water, there's like huge frothing, like like where the waterfall hits the boundary waters. Right, you see like rocky cliffs jutting out. You can see a bunch of like jagged rocks at the bottom too. Uh, as your as Ali and Gator are trying their best to like like fly and and paw and hoof their way away from the rocks, but it's not looking great. So uh, Manaya Oka, you've already gone to try to like help out here. Manaya, you look like you have an idea. We built the mast to be able to fold back down, right? Yes, you did. Manaya, I think, uh, she's holding the sheets, which are the ropes that control the sail. And I think uh, she's going to try to slide forward and like kick the mechanism so the mast falls down. Um, And in kicking it, pull her back so that she's holding the, the top of the mast at the back of the boat. So the sail is like a... Like a par- like catches the wind. Like a parachute, kind of? Mm-hmm. Kind okay. of. Okay. Uh, make an athletics check for me to see if you accomplish that. Oh, the 16 out of 10. Uh, 22. All right. With a 22, all of you see, like, Malaya, like, dive toward the mast, kick it, it folds in, and then she grabs onto the ropes and she's, like, literally parasailing uh, on the back, like, off. Are you, like, out of the chariot due to how this no, is no, maneuvering? No. I'm like, I'm like, the sheets are attached to the boat, mm-hmm. so she is, like, braced herself on the boat holding the mast down so that the ship can have a gentle descent. I like that a lot. Yeah, why don't you, what? Inspiration! Awesome, yes, uh, take a point of inspiration there, Manaya, because that was awesome. All of you feel like the wind, 
as it like balloons open the sail that like Manaya is keeping strapped down as she's braced inside the chariot. Uh, and yeah, it's an odd moment because you, both of you hear the horses go, ah! Uh, as they're like jerked backward a bit by this like wind resistance uh, and the chariot like groans and creaks um, and begins to slow down right and, th- and the pegasus like flap and they you can see like you're you're slowly like you slow down you're still not slow but you're slower and like the trajectory you're not you're no longer gonna hit the rocks right you're getting clear of like where the waterfall meets meets the water but there's something else Dewey, you hear it first because you're strapped into the mast. Given, you're about like halfway down at this point. Given everything that's happened, the, the bending of the mast, Manaya pulling onto the ropes, you hear a creak, 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 and a groan, and you hear like some wood begin to like, like, like that. It's like, like we like zoom in on like one of the ropes, like holding the mast together, and it's like, like it's like it's like ripping apart you know like like in like a superman movie or something and you also like see like the the grain of the mass like splinter a little like trying to like keep keep the sail attached but there's so much wind resistance oka and manaya you both have already kind of gone dewey v what's the play here v's gonna see that this cracking is beginning to happen i mean god i think the only thing i can really possibly do is try to like ice it over for for Reinforcement, especially on the the side that's cracking towards. Uh, so I think I'll just cast some ray of frost on it as much as I can. Okay, so why don't you roll a let's see a dexterity sleight of hand check to see how well you can maneuver the ray of frost over it. So dex plus sleight of hand. Uh, does a twenty five work? Uh, what the fuck is up with y'all's rolls? Scruffuses donated no. their hard-working money to get us an autocrit, and y'all are not even going to let them be able to use it. The sleight of hand is literally a seven. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't have asked for that. Anyway, okay. but yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'll let you add your proficiency bonus. Yeah, so what does it look like as you're, like, icing this cracking mass in the ropes over? Yeah, so she's... She's finally, like, a little bit coming to her mind. She hears the, the snapping. She, like... She, like, sort of... Uh, leaps a very dramatic leap to the other side and just like takes her her diamond palm and just boom and just like is letting it go just like a constant stream of ray of frost onto the mast I love that onto the stand yeah that's awesome and all, it's like a frozen moment as like beams of like ice like shoot out of your out of your palm and it hits the mast and as you right as the mast like before the mast like cracks like in a big way you seal the crack like with with ice crystals that like balloon out you know and jut and form more crystals and like hold it tight right and as more as ice cracks under the pressure you you seal more ice on right and like little bits of like ice crystals like fly back and like little eddies of snow whip like whip like Manaya's face you know and like Oka a little bit and like Dewey you get some like frost on your feathers as like V like ices this thing over and yeah that's enough to to hold it but there's one more challenge which is hitting the water because Ali and Gator are doing I mean bless their horse hearts they are doing their damnedest to keep this keep this rig afloat but there's gonna be at least a little bit of impact when they like they're probably going to be okay. They're probably going to be able to skim right above the water, but the rig at least is going to hit the water. And there's definitely going to be like, if you're going at this velocity, even with like all the great rolls you've done, the rig's going to take like a good amount of damage. And y'all also might take a little bit of damage from hitting, hitting it so hard. So Dewey, do you have any tricks up your sleeve to soften the landing or soften the blow? I have rope trick. That is the one trick I have up my sleeve. Okay, get out of here with the dad jokes, Dewey. Negative inspiration. I'm docking an inspiration. Uh, I'm going to toss that, um, that like metal ring that I've had uh, up into the air, and I can't save the ship at this point. 
but I'm sure as hell gonna like back into everyone to be like, get in here. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna be on the ship when it hits the water. So to like make sure everyone's inside it, the ship hits and yeah. then drop back onto the ship. <laughs> I, I mean, can't save the ship. Okay, I mean, yeah, the ship's gonna take some damage, but it's your lives are more important, right? So okay, Dewey, as you're falling, what does it look like as you cast a rope trick? <laughs> I toss the metal ring into the air. It opens up. A, ro- a rope drops out midair, basically, and I'm just clambering up there, and I'm gesturing wildly at anyone who can see me, <laughs> like, get in here, and then I disappear. Awesome. I'm assuming it's like a little halo traveling, like with the ship. We talked about this like during like episode two or three of like arc two when you were like fighting that, like running from that monster. And I think we agree that it travels with the vehicle. Uh, so all of you see like the rope drop out, a pocket dimension open. Dewey climbs up in there. A little bits of like scared feathers like float down like after him. <laughs> what do the rest of you do? Manaya, do you think you could hold the end up from that rope? Like, if you, like, you know, like, hang on to the back of it, like, with your absolute grip strength that you must have, like, and, like, hold on to the rope, you know, and, what like, one hand on the back of the boat so that it's just a little bit less impact. Would that work? So what what I'll say about that is it could work, but the, the DC for that strength check, Manaya, is pretty monstrous. You do have an auto crit on the table, though. It makes eyes emoji at, at the auto crit. I... So, Allie and Gator are, like, at this point, like, trying to pull us away from the cliffside, right? Yes, they've successfully maneuvered, so you will not dash against the rocks, right? But you're still going to impact with, like, regular water. From, like, a height of 100 feet is going to be pretty gnarly. Mm-hmm. V is going to pull out 50 feet of rope. <laughs> I don't think she's the, She used once. She used once. Uh, and she's like, we can, we can use this to tie on and drop it into the hole here. Drop one into the hole. <laughs> The, the, the extra rope so we can hold on to it while inside of safety. That's not a bad idea. Uh, Oka starts tying as much of the rope uh, to the ba- to, like to the back of the rig as possible, and then like lifting it up towards the hole towards Dewey. You're gonna wreck my contraption. We you can build another one. And V very quickly seeing where she's at health wise, get me into hole and <laughs> climbs in. I love that. Yeah, V, you clamber into the hole successfully. Dewey's up there with you. It's like a tiny little cube, right? Like an invisible cube is my assumption, like pocket dimension. And everywhere is like, Dewey, what does it look like? You've described it before, but refresh our memories. What does the inside of this pocket dimension resemble? Um, I think it actually just looks like you're kind of floating in midair, just above like a little metal circle, but you're suspended and not like literally in midair cool and other people can't see you right people outside the cube can't see you Mm -hmm. okay cool sounds good yeah v you can see like like the wind like rushing up above you but there's like a weird solidity underneath your feet manaya oka what's the play uh i don't think oka is going to get in the hole quite yet uh they they like lift scrum you know by his feet up into it uh and then they take up the reins for ally and gator again and as we get down because manaya still has to hold the parasail or else it's not going to work anymore, eh? So again, Oka knows how to fly. And when you are coming down for a landing, you don't just like, you you turn up, you go feet first. Oka is going to uh, look back at Manaya and be like, as we get close, it's going to, we're going to flip a minute. Not like actually flip, but you know, we're going to tilt backward. Uh, and as we get close to the water, uh, like lower and lower and lower, Oka is gonna like 
pull Allie and like pull them up uh, and have like basically ask for their like just wings to unfurl, no more flapping, and just the whole rig is gonna like slip down uh, and hopefully kind of brace like an airplane going down, like butt first, basically. Sure. So Oka, are you in the hole at this point? No, Oka is driving because someone has to drive Allie and Gator. And Manaya, you're also not in the hole, right? Something I want to do. I'm not in the hole, but I have something I want to do. All right, so Oka, you do that. Manaya, what do you do? Manaya has one spell slot left because warlocks don't get any spell slots because D&D is horrible. So she's going to use her last spell slot to cast Armor of Agathis, but I don't think Agathis exists in this world, so I'm going to re-flavor it to... Is it ice? Maybe Nibuza? Yeah, I was just thinking yeah. like uh, Nibuza's red or armor or something. I don't know. Which covers me in like a layer of frost, which I'm hoping to use to basically anchor myself to the mast, the ropes in the ship. So that even if I'm not strong enough to like hold it, because as, as we get closer to the water and the angle changes, there's going to be a lot more force on the mast. And Manaya's job is to angle the uh, sail to be as efficient as possible. And she's not braced against the ship right now, so. All right. And hopefully it won't swing out from underneath us because the back of the ship is tied with those ropes up into the little special hole. Sure. Okay. So Oka, as you scramble into the hole, oh no, sorry. As you stay by the by the rig controlling like like Allie and Gator, like Lore and Quailheart scramble up into the hole next to Scrum, Dewey, and V. And Manaya, your your what is it? What does armor of Nebuza look like? Manaya's the specks of gold and green in her eyes like flash a little bit, and a few leaves swirl around her. I think if you like really want to get like zoom in, the leaves go from green to like a fall color to like a summer, like a, uh, a winter where the, like the frost starts covering them as they sort of like form not like a full layer of armor, but like all over Manaya are just like these frosty magical leaves. Yeah, sure. Like leaves, uh, leaves of frost, like like paper all over your body, like forming like a armor and it basically like, like straps you in uh, to where you are. So can you read out the text of armor of Agathis for me? A protective magical force surrounds you, manifesting as a spectral frost that covers you and your gear. You gain five temporary hit points for the duration, which is an hour. Uh, if a creature hits you with a melee attack while you have these hit points, the creature takes five cold damage. Okay, this is what happens, y'all. Given all the choices you've made in the fiction, Oka and Manaya, I need the two of you to make a constitution saving throw as you hit the water. Using my inspiration. <laughs> okay, 17 oh, no. for me. All right, 17 from Oka. Uh, after your inspiration, Manaya, what'd you get? 17. Both of you get a 17. Okay, so you're only going to take half damage. Uh, Manaya, you are also going to reduce the damage by a further five points because of your armor. Uh, so you are both going to take... I'm just going to use a dice roller app at this point. It doesn't roll numbers that high. Okay, then in that case, I'll just round it to... Get ready to die. Okay, uh, halved would be 11 points uh, of bludgeoning damage. So you only take uh, six, I think. Manaya. So, okay, you take 11 points of bludgeoning damage. Uh, and the rig is going to take the full 22 points of damage. And the two of you hear a horrible crack and rending noise and snapping noise as you see, like, like skittering, like, across the water, like a skipped stone, like a wheel. 
like has like fallen off of the rig um, and like the back part of the rig is like smashed you know and like off to the left like another wheel so it's missing two wheels like the front left and the bottom right which is okay because it's now in the water and you don't necessarily need wheels anymore um, but it is still pretty fucked up and as you look around like there's like a huge hole like a cracked hole has opened in like the bottom of the rig and water is beginning to to come in and like fill like starting to fill the rig fast right uh so the rest of you who are in the hole you're fine it was just kind of like a vertigo moment as you also like like brace and hit the ground the quote-unquote ground but you're you're fine you don't take any damage at all alligator and they begin to run slash fly uh, off to like that swirling like maybe three or five miles away uh raven's eye in the distance bits of sea foam splash against oka and against Manaya's face. And Manaya, as the armor of Neat Buza cracks all over your body and splinters and explodes outward, I think you lose consciousness for like half a second, right? Because this is like an intense impact. And as your eyes sort of roll back in your head and like, like you, you, see, you see darkness cut now to the open ocean, just like where we are, but in a completely different part of Andake. Uh, and instead of being on top of a shitty little rig, we are on a handsome, handsome merchant ship. Manaya, your mother, Kahealani, stands in the middle of the main deck. Her sleeves are rolled up all the way to her elbows, uh, revealing intricate tattoos that are etched from her wrists all the way up to her elbows. Uh, this is one of those particularly hot days uh, in the kingdom of Uhanahi, where even your mother, your sun-weathered mother, feels like, well, it might make sense to remove a few layers at this point. Uh, And your mother, tell me, Manaya, what is she doing? One of her crew members has fucked up some of the ropes that are tied, like, to the mast, and she's rolling up her sleeves not only to keep a little bit cooler, uh, but to prepare to basically, like, plunge her arm in and try to undo this giant mess of knots. Yeah, as your mother's standing there, like her hands now propped at her hips, uh, your eyes are drawn to the tattoos etched on her forearms. Which tattoo in particular calls to you? Uh, I think because she's facing away, Manaya catches a tattoo of a bone. Not like a skull and crossbones, just a small bone. Yeah. For some reason, it's not the most flashy of the tattoos that are exposed, but for some reason, that's the one you feel interested in. And as your mom sort of lets out a... She lowers her hands into the mess of knots and like her... You can see like her muscles like tightening underneath her skin as she begins to like unknot this mess. You can like smell like the brine as these like wet ropes like slap the ground, you know, and like they roll off and they've got like algae and little bits of gunk like attached the thread. Um, and after a few moments of working, your mom sees, seems to sense your eyes on her. Uh, and Kahailani turns and a eye falls upon you. A brown eye falls upon you. She says, What is it, Manaya? What are you looking at? No, nothing. Um, Never seen a mess of ropes before? Come on. You're a sailor's daughter. You should know better. Yeah, and, and that one goes there. And uh, what is that one? That one attas- attaches to the mast. See, we feed it through all these little brackets that go all the way up. And what's this one do, Manaya? Come on, I quizzed you on this last week. That's the shroud. That one is supposed to be over there. Yep, but it's all the way over here. 
she lets out a sigh and she begins walking the shroud over to its proper location. Mother? Yes, dear? I, I know you don't like to talk about it, but what does the bone tattoo mean? There's a pause. You can't really see her face because her back is to you, but she does like freeze for like half a second before like like continuing like her work with the ropes. Has Nolly been feeding you crazy bedtime stories again? Or is it the crew? Which one of them? Uh, no, I... I just... I don't know. I've, I've seen it every day for months now, and I know you don't want to talk about what happened before I was born, but what, what did happen? <sighs> Your mother lets out a deep sigh. She lowers the ropes, turns to you, and beckons for you to sit down on a crate nearby. She sits down next to you, and she looks out over the ocean as the ship is, like, bobbing in, in the waves. I think it's, like, docked uh, at, like, a harbor. And you can hear, like, hear the cawing of seagulls overhead, and in the distance you can see uh, the volcanoes of, of Uhanahi. She says, Manaya, a long, long time ago, your mother was someone different. Someone that I don't know you would have recognized if you met her back then. But that's the thing about youth. You get the opportunity to be someone that, well, looking back on it 20, 30, 40 years, you laugh at yourself. Man, what was I thinking? And she lets out almost like a wistful sigh. And then she lifts her arm again and like indicates the bone. That there's a femur. Know what a femur is? No. It's the hardiest bone in your body right here. And she pats your thigh. Wow. It's the hardest bone to break. But if it does break, it's also the hardest one to mend. All of these tattoos. And she like sort of like turns her wrists, like looking, looking at, you know, there's like a bone, like there's like a little like, like maybe like a flying bird, you know, like on like another hand uh, on, uh, on the back of another wrist. Uh, you also see like a snake that's sort of like coiled around like her, her right arm. You also see like gems, it seems, but they're all like in black and white. So it's like hard to tell like what color or, or cut they would have been. All of these tattoos mean something. They used to anyway. <laughs> you know how, uh, you remember how when you were, uh, when you were five, you, you got really into collecting rocks, Manaya? You just, right. you'd put them everywhere in the house. You'd hide them. <laughs> you'd give them names. I thought they were so pretty. And they still are. I still have a, a couple that you gave me. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't keep them all. There, there were quite a lot of rocks. Father said we had to take them down. Well, yes. Napua has, has his logic on certain days. Uh, you, you liked collecting rocks. I, I liked collecting uh, trophies. And then she lowers her, her arms. They all have names too, or they used to. You, you mean like gems? <laughs> uh, she like pats you on the back. Yes, Malaya, yes, like gems. Glittery gems I collected all across the oceans. Wow, you must have gone everywhere. <laughs> everywhere a sailor could sail, certainly. Of course, I avoided dangerous zones. You know, sometimes the northern seas get those frigid blizzards, and of course, the raven's eye in the boundary waters. Other than that, your old woman went pretty much everywhere. I've got tails, too. Don't let Nolly trick you into thinking she's the only weaver out there. <laughs> well, don't tell her I said this, but your stories are the best. 
at a girl. Uh, and she like holds up like a hand for you to high five. Yeah. <laughs> and as your hand like meets your mom's hand, like, it's like ridiculously like comically undersized because her hand's so huge and your hand's so small. Uh, does that feel like a good image to end the flashback on? So Manaya, on the, the sound of your hand meeting your mother's hand, you like jerk back like to reality. And like you're, you're, there's like a little bit of like a like ringing noise in your ears. And then you realize it's not a ringing noise. It's a rushing noise from all the water of the waterfall like behind you. And you're still like, like bobbing up and down in almost like a nauseating way, like on the rig. Looking around, you see like the, poof, poof, like the flapping wings of the pegasi. You see that rope like coming down and, and your skin feels a little chilly from the armor of Nibusa. And you're no longer that young girl anymore. You're Manaya. You're all grown up now. And your mom needs your help. Maybe the hand feeling is Oka, like, kind of leaning over Manaya, being like, Manaya! Manaya! I can't fucking say all this thing! Get up! Uh, yeah, Manaya, you hear that. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you do? Uh, Manaya's eyes blink open, and she goes, What? Mother, where did you get the jet? Uh, what? Oh, oh, right, Oka, the ship. Uh, we need to get the master. Can you help me? Uh, Oka will help Manaya lift the master. All right, and at this point, Dewey and V, y'all are safe. <laughs> like, you can return to the rig now. No more DM tricks, I promise. Like, you have weathered this part of the storm. And you, uh, uh, like, I think actually Lore pushes, like, past you, Dewey, and she, like, scrambles down the rope. She goes, ah, ah, okay, okay, wow, that was fun. We should do that again sometime, right, guys? Oga flicks her on the back of the head as they pass and go back toward the Pegasi. Owie! Uh, she, like, like rubs the back of her head, like, really hard. She talks to you, Oka. Hey, hey! There's still one charge left, right? Hand it over! What? For why? Well, you've had your fun with it, and, you know, I, I gotta thank you for getting us to this point in one piece, but hey, fi finders keepers, right? I, I found it first, and we're almost at the Raven's Eye anyway. I, I don't want you to mess it up. <laughs> I'm not gonna mess it up. If there's only one charge left, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> Fine. Keeping my eye on you, drow, double pupil, short hair, buzz cut. Okay, well, I'm keeping both of my pupils on you. Twice as many. You mean all four of them? Can you even count? Hey. One, two, three, hey. four, six. Hey, you two, and the rest of you. Okay. He climbs out of the hole. Okay, fine. <laughs> Scrum, Quail, QH, come on, come on down. And Scrum and, and Quail are also like fall out of the hole. Yeah, as the mass is being put up, uh, Manaya steps back and she goes, All right, everyone, we're on the water now. And I can guarantee that my experience on the water is more than all of y'all's combined, so listen up. Right, first, being waterlogged, we need to get that fixed as soon as we can before we even start moving. So let's go, hop to it. All right, you heard her. That's right, we're getting waterlogged. I've got more experience doing this than the rest of you combined. You, you, you tell him. Big, big gun. Uh, Laura's like puffing up next to you like your second in command. Uh, and Scrum and Quillheart start like scooping water out with like bits of scrap, scrap, like buckets. I want to like slap her on the back of the head and be like. Ah! Uh, she like falls flat like on her face. Uh, so there's a little bit of like, it's not like people are going to start attacking you. You know, there's a little bit of like free time that you get like before you arrive uh, to the Raven's Eye. And you can sort of see maybe like a 500 feet in front of you. You can sort of see like the like the big snake, like swimming through the water. Uh, yes, okay. I would like to contest that. Given <laughs> the fact that they literally fell down 
off the waterfall and if we went at an angle we would have had literally so much of a lead in front of them we should be if not first at least right behind the bulets that is my that's my take yeah, we you know what you know what fine fine i'll allow it i'll allow it see yeah that makes sense you guys made a lot of smart choices uh so yeah let's say the snakes are like behind y'all you could hear like you could hear them like in the distance being like no big sis come on you gotta keep uh, but the snake's, like, sort of thrashing in, like, the, in, in the water. But they're fine. They're just sort of, like, being silly. Um, so 500 feet in front of you instead of the snake is that armored tank. And you can sort of see, like, you don't even see them. They're just, like, like huge motors in front. Like the bulettes that had been, like, biological, biologically engineered or, like, bred somehow to have those gills. And they are, like, like motoring through the water at, like, a rapid pace. But y'all are pretty close behind, uh, and Ellie and Gator are doing their best to, like, to fly and, like, pull you along the water. Uh, so what do the four of you do as you get closer and closer to the raven's eye? Is the ship repaired at this point? It's, uh, actually, that's a good point. It's not, it's kind of fucked up. I will say the NPCs, so Scrum, Lore, and Quailheart have helped, have scooped all the water out, but there's still that hole. So it's sort of like scoop, water, scoop, water. They're like, they don't realize that they have to repair the hole. But you have uh, two pieces of scrap, scrap left, and you're probably going to need both of them to like get this ship back in working order. So Dewey, because you're our artificer here, would you like to use, would you like to try to use uh, a piece of scrap to repair the hole and then a piece of scrap to maybe repair the rest? Yeah, I think one to close up the hole and one to maybe reinforce the mast again because it's splitting. Sounds good. So just make a general tool check for me. So roll decks with uh, add your tool proficiency. 16. 16. Okay, yeah. Uh, that is just a regular success. So you're down to no more scrap left in the ship, uh, but you're able to patch up the hole and like make sure that the rest of the rig is structurally sound. So while Dewey is like hammering away, what do the rest of you do? All right, gather around. All right, we've got maybe... Three and three quarters miles to the Raven's Eye. Here's the plan. Okay, you drive the Pegasi. You know the animals the best. Keep them off the water, just going straight forward. I've got the sheets. Listen for my call-outs for which way to turn, but don't expect the Pegasi to do much. The wind will do much more than they could ever do. Dewey, how good are you with ropes? Knots? Right, the front shroud needs to be tied well and tight. The mast falls, uh, falls backwards, and so if that one falls... The mast falls on me, and then you don't have me. Right. Quail Hut. Yes? You and Scrum are on port side. That's that one, right? Just say left or right. I. Why do you have to say port, starboard? I... You and Scrum are on the port side. If anyone tries to get us from there... Peck them to death, understood. <laughs> right. Lore, what do we have for weaponry? Uh, we got a fish hook. Uh, I got a spear. Uh, I got a blow dart, and I have a spoon. You said that uh, we didn't really need the Pegasuses anymore. They'll help. What do you What do you need? I can get them off our tail if you give me one. Fine, but do we all need a steering oar if we don't have Pegasi to help steer? V, starboard side, you are ranged caster. If anyone tries to come up on the right side, I need meteors and I need fireballs at a moment's notice. Can you do that? V casts meteors to have six swirling around her. Got it. Right, lawyer with me. If any of the sheets or shrouds come loose, I'll direct you to retie them. Otherwise, I don't know, give me that javelin and you have the dots in the hook. Here you go. Got it. If the, if the ropes are tight, make them loose. If the ropes are loose, make them tight. Yeah, that's what I said. If the mast falls, we're dead in the water. So don't Do let the understand? mast fall. 
keep the mast up no matter what. Sure. All right, I'm ready. Quailheart, one more thing. Yes? You can fly. Yes. Right, take this rope. Okay. Hold on to it tight. This is the rope that controls the yard arm. See that, like, curved piece of wood that's at the top of the mast comes back here? Yeah. This rope controls how high and low that is. Okay. If the rope snaps, sure. you will have to you will have to manually fly up and tie up the sail. Okay. Right? All right, now just tie it up over here. And if I need you, I'll call for you. Otherwise, port side. Can can I can Dewey come with me? Dewey's like Dewey, doing the no. He's like no. <laughs> uh unfortunately Dewey's getting me that steering oar. Okay. I guess I understand. Uh, and he slumps off to where you directed him. Alright. Bye. Let's do this. Okay. So we get like a shock awesome shot of like the rig like could you like go like across the ocean like the Pegasi like winning and like like flapping their wings, like pawing like over the surface of you know, and like the water like 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 plowing upward like from from the outside of the rig, like and like from like an aerial shot, like we see that like flying like eyeball, you know, and like we hear the commentators go, and wow, here they are, the top three contenders getting closer and closer to the Ravens. We've got the Black Horse, we've got Spider, and of course, Bulette Storm. Oh, looks like Spider's going to be engaging the Dark Horse. And as we zoom in, we see, all of you see now as well, like sort of coming up on your on your right where V is, that huge mechanical spider gliding on top of the water, sort of like a water, like a water bug, right? And it's sort of like skating, skating, skating. You can see like the, the gnome inside the abdomen is like, <laughs> Like he's like cackling even like from like 500 feet off. You can hear him. Um, and the spider, like its head, like boom, turns to you and locks on as it begins to skate toward you. What do the four of you do? Oka is taking a Pegasus. They probably have gotten ready to do this uh, while Manaya was giving the rest of her instructions. Insofar as they pulled, uh, let's see, a gator back, I think, and has made their way onto gator's back uh, and is about to unhook themselves from the harness to be able to move forward independently. Sure, you're detaching Gator, but this is important. I need to know, does Oka take the bridle off? No, they don't. Okay, great. So you hop on Gator as regular, uh, and like the like the, the part the part of the mechanism connecting Gator to the rig, like drops and like gets like lifted like back into the rig. So it doesn't just like trail in the water. Uh, and Gator looks on a and like flaps, flaps and, begin, and like awaits your commands, Oka. Here's my plan. Here's my game plan. Oka is going to fly forward now that there is no, like, they're not attached to the rig anymore. Gator should have a greater breadth of movement, so they are going to charge forward to the Bulettes. Oka's going to try to get the Bulettes' attention and turn them around towards the towards the spider. Sounds good. So let's say, Oka, you you take off, and you can be maybe like the, the, the saving grace if, if this spider encounter goes bad, right? But you're not going to be able to get him and get him back like before anyone else gets a chance to go. So, Oka, you take off, and a gator follows you, and let's set a... 
uh, as like they cut through the air, like toward the Beulets, where the Beulets are furiously like pawing and digging through the water. Like interestingly enough, um, so it's just Allie pulling, and she's starting to have like a harder time without like her companion Gator. So she's like, and like and the rig begins to like list a little bit like sideways because it's like sort of a little bit off balance now. Um, but it's not like entirely off balance. So what do the rest of you do as Oka takes off? Laura, could you get whichever one that is on the ship? It's pulling us off course. Oh, but then we're, we're going to be dead in the water. We're not going to go forward. We have a sail. Oh. We'll keep going. <laughs> okay. Come here, Allie. Come on back onto, back onto the rake. Come on. Yeah, let me get that bridle off. Uh, Lore, shouldn't we? Um, <laughs> and V, Dewey, and Manaya make uh insight check. 12. 12 from Dewey. Two. Two from V. 13. 13. Okay, Man- V, this maybe like goes over your head a bit. Maybe you're concentrated on like the spider, right? That's like coming mm-hmm. toward you. Dewey and Manaya, there is a little bit of like a, there's something going on with that bridle. Like it's probably a bad idea to take it off. Uh, and as Lore begins to like go for the bridle, like to bring Allie back onto the ship, what do the two of you do, if anything? Even if I feel like something's going to go wrong, I feel like Lore probably knows what they're doing more than <laughs> Dewey does. Okay, Manaya? Uh... With the wind from the waterfall, I think Manaya is holding on to the uh, to the sheets and can't really go forward okay. to stop her. Okay, so it's sort of like a dramatic moment as Manaya's like, wait, hold on, and Dewey's like, like hands are like, like not gonna inter- interfere. Lore brings like Allie back, like it's like pulling Allie back onto the ship, you know, undoing like the harness that like, like keeps her like pulling, pulling the rig, takes the bridle off. Uh, and then there's like a noise, like a boop, there's like a compression, like a sucking noise, uh, because as soon as the bridle is removed, Allie poofs, and in Allie's place is a disheveled-looking uh, human man who is just like like doesn't have a shirt on, just has like underwear on, and he goes nah, huh, <laughs> as Lord goes ah, and Quail Heart goes oh I thought so, uh, and the human man falls backwards and tumbles like onto the chariot with you and he's like scrambling around like looking around and he's like grabbing for he's like where's my what uh, mm, hey Winnie mm, uh, treats what where where what who what <sighs> and he's looking around with like like big wide eyes and like wild hair at this point <laughs> the spiders coming closer uh, and Oka you're soaring toward the bullets. Uh V you haven't really gone yet nor have Manai or Dewey really so what's the three of your game plans uh, with what do you do? I'm gonna attack this thing. <laughs> I'm gonna use seven sorcery points to create a level five spell slot. Oh my god! And I'm gonna cast fireball at level five. <laughs> okay, just overkill. <laughs> okay, v is gonna kill a bitch. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm gonna need the spider to do a uh, dexterity save against fourteen. Uh, <laughs> It got a nat one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this means I get 10 uh, d6. You're you're taking double damage? Well, that means then it would be 20 d6. Okay, so I'll either give you double damage or you get, like, something else narratively. I'll take the 10 d6 and get something narratively. Okay, sounds good. So roll roll Uh 10 10 d6. While V is doing this. Okay, yes. Yes, Dewey. We joked about depression bath pigeon but i have like a bar of soap somewhere right yeah i mean i'm assume you have some in your equipment okay i'm taking one of the buckets that they're bailing with that okay. has water in it and 
dropping a bar of soap into it and then just like furiously like swishing it around with my hand. Okay. Okay. And I'll wait for I'll wait for V to do her. Interesting. Dewey's gonna take a bath while this is happening. I guess. Uh, Manaya, Dewey be blowing bubbles. Dewey bubble man. Dewey bubble man. Manaya, what are what are you doing? Do you address this horse boy, uh, or are you waiting for like things to shake out? I think maybe at this point, the the wind is regular enough where she can like uh, tie the sheets up for like a brief moment. And she's actually going to use her axe to swing down and check the water. Uh, when you get close to a whirlpool, um, magical or otherwise, there's a lot of changes in temperature of the water because of all the different water it's pulling in and pushing uh, out. Oh, wow. Take an inspiration for that. That's great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so she's like using that to better gauge how close we are to the whirlpool. Make a survival check. One okay, one inspiration. It's good. The DC survival. will be low, given... It's at 20. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're getting... Okay. With a nat 20, you know exactly how far away you are from the whirlpool. You're getting pretty close. You, in terms of, like, the, the fiction, probably, like, a couple more rounds, quote-unquote rounds, before you, like, get there proper. And you can, like, you can feel it in the wind, too. You know, you can feel the wind going in a certain direction, and it's getting stronger and stronger. And just visually, you see those swirling clouds above, like, clouds above head, right? And, like, it's weird because the, the, the sunless sky has this, like, dim, like, gray light pouring down. And, like, it's almost like a mini tornado, like, above, above this whirlpool. You could see it. At first, you're like, what is that? Is that, is that a huge reef? Like, like peeking out of the ground, out of the water, but you know better. It's the water. And it's moving so fast that it looks like it's not moving at all. Uh, as it's like swirling and swirling. And the size of the raven's eye is quite huge. Not going to give you their exact dimensions, but it's a, it's a big girl. She's big and she's hungry. Uh, and it is not a wise decision to go toward it uh, in, in the water. But I mean, that's what you got to do. That's what you're here for. As soon as the wind starts coming from the side, Manaya is going to yell, Scrum, quail, heads up, and swing the whole uh, sail over so that the wind is not like going to hit the sail and knock us over. Oh, that's really smart. I think that just happens because you plan for it. Uh, the, poof, the sail swings and poof, you're like going in, in, a, in a more proper direction now. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're still going forward, but we're catching the wind from a different direction. Yes. I love your I love your sailing expertise because I don't know anything about sailing, so I'm glad you're bringing that to the table. Uh, well, sails, sails. I think that's all we get that happens before fireball resolves. So V... How much damage did you roll? 32 fire damage. It's a little low, actually. I, I, I rolled some ones and twos in there. Um, but 32 points of fire damage. Uh, you just see V, like, uh, lock out her arm, and then all of a sudden it's like you transport into V's eyes, and you just see, like, a bunch of calculations, adjusting for wind, da-da-da-da-da, and all of a sudden you just see the, her, the diamond glow a little bit, and then you just see bright light flashing from the spider as it's engulfed in a 20-foot-wide fireball. Pew! It's like a huge, like, explosion, right? Like, yeah. the, and, like the end of season one, like, Legend of Korra, when, like, they're out on, on like, the ship, and it, poof, we just sort of see in the distance, like, huge explosion balloon up from the ocean. Mm -hmm. And you're like, is a, is a spider going to come out of that? And you see, like, tumbling out of, like, the flames and the smoke. Like, the spider, but it's it's missing. <laughs> it's missing a few legs. 
Uh, and the rest of it seems to be like melting, you know, and it's like sparking on the water and it's like moving erratically. You definitely seem to have like destabilized it, right? And like the gnome inside is going, no, my creation! Uh, as he's like trying to keep it stable, like like holding down like all the controls, but it's not quite working. Um, so yeah, you've really messed up the spider. It's not completely taken out of the equation, but you, you, you did a good job messing this, messing the spider up. Uh, so the spider is getting closer, but before I tell you what the spider does, Oka, the winds are getting strong as you approach the bulets, pulling along the tank. Gator is whinnying and struggling. They're doing their best, but it doesn't seem to be quite enough yet. What do you do to, to soothe their spirits or, or help them along? Oka is real focused on the bulets, and they're just kind of like... Instead of like sitting so far, they're like kind of like raised up a little bit, uh, kind of like almost like holding their hands up like mid neck, sort of, with like maybe one foot braced on the back, and they're like it'll be over so soon, so soon. Just one, hang on one second, we're almost there. Nay, nay, uh, and they they hear you. And that seems to like soothe them a little bit. And they like, boosh, flap, flap. You get to like hear them like snorting and sweating a lot. Mm -hmm. And Oka's also still trying to use their knowledge of flight to ass like to assist uh, trying to like find water or uh, wind currents, etc. Just like Manaya, make a survival check. 15. All right. Gator is soothed by you and seems to be calmed by your experience and expertise up in the air uh, and begins to follow your instructions. Are you calling Gator to swoop down toward where the bullets are? Okay. Gator cuts through the air and like wind rushes past you and your eyes begin to like tear, tear up a little bit from like how fast you're like going and all the other wind buffeting you. You hear like the, the batting of like ta uh, a gator's wings. Um, and then you can sort of see, you see now as you get closer, the bulettes amidst all like the, the huge like, like aqua jets like going up around them. Uh, both of them, do you remember their names? Mimi and Mimu, of course I do. Yes, Mimi and Mimu cutting through the water, this huge tank. Can't seem to see you because you're approaching from above, right? And the arm of the tank is swiveling from side to side, but not it doesn't seem to be able to move up and down. So you've got like a surprise attack here. You've got like a surprise opportunity here if you want to take it. Tell me what you do. I'm going to land Gator on top of the tank. Okay. <laughs> Okay, a gator comes down, and you, just like Manaya, you're closer, right, to the raven's eye. Maybe just by a couple hundred feet. But it's, wow. It's almost like seeing a huge hurricane, right? It's just like, as you get closer, you can see, like, the invisible debris and, like, salt spray just, like, whirling, whirling. And there's this huge whirlpool. Holy cow. Like, there's, like, seagulls and stuff, but there are none, like, within this radius. You haven't heard a single bird, like, a single seabird, even though you should be hearing plenty. Like, this is just, like, a vortex of death, right? That is not a great idea to, like, go toward. You land on the top of the tank. What do you do next? Uh, the bulettes are kind of under the water, though, eh? Uh, they're like sort of, they're swimming, so they go in and out of the water. Oka is going to get off of Gator uh, and slide right down, just right onto onto one of them. All right, what's your what's your play here? Okay, my play here uh, is to try to get their attention because they love me. They're my babies, is my play. Okay, here's my actual question. Do they have harnesses? Like, how are they attached to this thing? Yeah, they have bridles and harnesses that are attaching them to the tank. Great. Then in that case, I'm just going to cut their harnesses off uh, with my culling edge. Okay. Because is, is this person going to shoot their tank at me who's on the backs of their bullets? I think the fuck not. 
Okay, uh, Oka, which bulette are you hopping on? Mimi first. Okay, you hop on to Mimi, and Mimi doesn't even seem to notice you're there. Because, like, her, her shell, her armor is so tough that, like, it's almost like you're, like, an ant on the hide of an elephant. I can't sense you. And she's just... But there's, like, so much water. You just fly. It's it's intense. You're on the back of, like, a raging, a literal raging bullet. Uh, so I need you to make an athletics check to stay on. Using inspiration? Okay, I'm going to dock that off. I got a 17. All right. You're able to stay strapped on, like, maybe, like, like clawing your way over, like, the bits of, like, the plate armor. And ching, your culling edge comes out and you sever the harnesses. Yep. You do that. Your culling edge. Sorry. Right at the corner of each of their mouths. Uh, so it just, like, the bridle comes right out. I love that. And then I need you to make an animal handling check. Uh, let's say with advantage because you've already formed a relationship with them. Oh, thank fuck. It was a natural one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I fucking swear. Hold on. Hold on. Natural, natural 20. I fucking swear. Look at it in my tray. It is a 20. All right. I believe you. So with a natural 20, I'll let you pick the boon of your choice. Uh, it would be either you get to also free Mimu or something else you come up with. I don't actually want to free Mimu, but I want to set both of them on a track and have them just like... Basically, just like if Mimi is on the left, I'm going to just kind of like put my hand over her nose and just like lean my entire weight into Mimu. So both of like Mimi's going to hit Mimu and then go off course, just like hard left. And if they just like keep pulling, they should just keep going hard left away from the whirlpool, right? Away from the whirlpool, just like back towards the shore. All right, it works as you're still riding Mimi's back, uh, but her bridles are her bridle is cut, right? So she's not pulling, but she's driving Mimu, right? Instead of pulling. Okay, so she drives Mimu. Mimu lets out a and, and they all, they start to turn like huge like bowls. They start to turn away from the whirlpool exactly how you want it, and like off course, like back toward like the Paluto wield. Uh, and at this point, uh, you can hear like a banging uh, from the roof of, of the tank, uh, but it's the, the roof is unable to open because your Pegasus is still on it. So you can hear a voice being like, hey, what the hell? Let me out. What the fuck? Hey, bang, bang, bang. And they're like cursing in like Nabalish um, as as Gator just sort of like whinnies and like like furrow, like like flaps, flaps their wings. Uh, so let's cut away from you at this point, Oka, and go back to uh, our rig and the spider. The spider rushes toward your rig, skating over the surface of the water, uh, miss, like several like legs spindly, you know, flaming, smoking on fire, bleeding oil into the water. Uh, and the spider, like its eyes, all eight of its eyes, like on its like mechanized face, like glow, like glow red. And it shoots out a length of webbing toward the rig. So it is going to make an attack roll. Uh, so it shoots the webbing uh, toward toward your rig, uh, and it like a net seems to open, and poof, and it covers maybe like half of the rig, right? It doesn't hit the sail, but it does like the force of it like knocks knocks your rig like a little bit, like like it wobbles a bit, uh, and it, sl- it begins to slow down your craft because there's like this thick like gooey like white webbing like over like the front part of the chariot. Uh, so a- after this happens, Dewey, yes, you look like you have something you wanted to do. The spider's going to approach, like, try and pull up to us, right? Uh, yes, it's approaching in a haphazard, sparking, electrical manner. Okay. Um, seeing that it's kind of unsteady, Dewey's going to run over to the side of the ship, where it's on the side that the spider's coming on, and 
lean over the edge and take the bucket of soapy water and toss it as like in as long of a um, stream as you can get it. So the soapy water hits the seawater and then the spider runs over it and then because it's running on surface tension, it just falls directly through, it just falls right through the water. Wow, real physics hours. <laughs> goes, you said Fucking surface Looney tension. Tunes. It's Looney Tunes in here. You said surface tension and I was like, what? Uh, so Max, I'm gonna give you another point of inspiration. You have a full house, just so you know. Uh, all bases are loaded for you. And uh, yeah, because this idea is awesome, I think it just works. Uh, as you throw the bucket of soapy water out, uh, the horse boy actually goes, it'd be nice if I could get cleaned up. Uh, <laughs> see, throw the bucket overboard. Uh, and the spider dips under the water and it disappears. Uh, and then I cut the webbing. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to drag it. Okay, yeah. Okay, and then you use your you use a knife and you cut the rest of the webbing off. Uh, <laughs> your rig continues to plow through the water, uh, born born on the sail, uh, and Lord just goes, "What happened, Dewey? How did you?" He's a genius. I knew it. I'm an arachnophobe. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, all of you see. <laughs> like cutting perpendicular across your path, but not like gonna collide with you, but like go, rather go past you. You see the bulettes uh, with the, a pegasus on top of the tank and Oka, Oka on the back of one of the bulettes. Uh, Oka, do you say anything as you, as you pass by the path of your friends? Oka, I think has gotten up, you know, uh, and they have told uh, uh, Gator, they're like, you're gonna be, you know, you're safe now. Just like head back towards the shore, you know? And they've like kind of like petted his snoot. So he just stays on top. So they you know the person in there can't get out. As the view, let's go back towards the shore. They pet Mimi. Uh, and then they stand up, like kind of like surfing, you know, style on the Bulet's back. They wave at Manaya and then they dive into the water. You're going to swim back to the rig? Yes. Okay, just make an athletics check for me as you do that. Uh, as you do, as you jump off the tank, like Gator pff, takes off. Actually, actually, it might be smarter if I ride Mimi a little bit toward, you know, and then and then and then jump, maybe. Okay, then let's wreck on the athletics check because that would be a lot smarter than you jumping into the open fucking ocean like half a mile away from a whirlpool. <laughs> from like the fucking Bermuda Triangle. Okay, uh, so Oka, you hop onto Mimi and Mimi goes, Mama! Uh, and like, like follows your orders, like paddles, like makes a beeline right for the rig um, as Gator takes off and like flies away. You know, and you, you're, you don't, what? You're not sending no, Gator away? Gator is staying on top of the tank so that the guy can't get out and fix what I've destroyed. Until you hit the shore, right? And then you're setting Gator yeah. free, basically? Yes, I am. Okay, cool. Uh, then in that case, Gator just sort of like stands there, like looking off at you, like kind of forlornly. Uh, as like the, as Mimu like carries, yeah, and you can hear the gnome and the drow woman like inside the tank go, hey, let us out! The hell? We can't see anything! Hey! Hey! As they're like pounding on the inside. Uh, and, get, and like you, you swear to God, <laughs> you swear to God, you sort of send Oka, you, you swear you hear Gator say, thank you. Uh, as, as the bullets swim away. Uh, and as you ride Mimi, back uh, do you do like a cool like do you like hop off of mimi's back and into the rig and send mimi away situation i give her a kiss on the top of her head yeah okay yeah she's sort of like you're the water. best the, oka's like you're the best you let in the whole world don't forget that snarf 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 <laughs> And 
she, she takes off uh, for really the shore. Really moment for Transplanter here. <laughs> okay, yeah. And then she takes off for the shore. Uh, and Oka, just make a low DC athletics check to like hop back onto the rig. Eight. Yeah, uh, you like fucking backflip, front flip, somersault, dive back into the rig. Uh, and I think it's time to wrap up the session uh, as, as we approach the Raven's Eye. Exterior whirlpool day. Uh, we see from a bird's eye view, right? The swirling, frothing, vicious, white-tipped foam, like, like waves of the swirling whirlpool of the raven's eye. There's like a, like a, almost like a hurricane tornado, like wind and like clouds swirling in, in, in a counterclockwise fashion uh, above it. And then we see a tiny speck approach for maybe like half a mile off, getting closer, getting closer. And we zoom in on the speck uh, and it's our heroes, the bone breakers, just kidding. Uh, Oka, Manaya, Dewey, and V uh, on top of the rig with Quail Heart, Scrum, uh, and Lore exactly where you had asked them to be positioned, Manaya. And there's sort of like a look of like excitement and like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And like, and, like Scrum is like, uh, Scrum is like, we're gonna win. We're gonna be able to, we're gonna do it. We just have to go right past the eye and, and we can win. Look there, I think I see Quicksilver. And I see points. All of you see sort of like past the Raven's eye, like a, a safe, safe wiles away. You see floating in the air. Uh, it's really interesting. There's a finish line that's just sort of like suspended in midair, like a ribbon across, right? And it says literally on it in common, like, finish line and then like the, the words fade and then nabalish like finish line and then like in uh, all the different like languages uh of endake uh and lore goes all right uh manaya this is about the time we go around right and, and go for the go for the finish line because we're getting we're getting kind of close uh to the current it's like you said lore straight lines are always the fastest i know but we're we're in first place so uh, you know i mean what are you what are you suggest suggesting manaya M- Manaya? Trust me. Oh my gods. Oh my gods! Uh, as she starts screaming in Nabalish, do you understand her going like, oh my god, they're crazy! We're screwed! Scrub! Quailheart, we're screwed! And Quailheart just puts a hand on Dewey's shoulder uh, and goes, <laughs> Dewey, you wipe him off! <laughs> but he just goes, it will be an honor to die side by side with my brother. Scrum goes, wait, you guys are brothers? All right, Manaya, Oka, Dewey, V, as you approach, I mean, what, what do you, <laughs> what do you do, what do you do, how are you, wow, okay, what's the game plan here, tell me. Tell you next episode, let's end here. Okay, then I think I will leave you off with this. Manaya, make an insight check. Nat 20. Seriously? What the fuck is up with these nat 20s? Okay, Manaya. Tell me what it looks like as you are at the back of this boat, sailing toward your destiny. Manaya takes the sheets, unties them, and lets them fly. And the sail collapses. And she runs to the front of the boat and leans over the edge, uh, trying to get a view of the inside of the whirlpool. Okay, and with your nat 20 insight check, as you lean and you try to look into the, into the eye of the raven's eye, images hit you. 
This isn't like flashback sequence or anything. These are like actual images getting beamed into your brain from somewhere. You get a flash of swirling water. A shark like like whirling past like a wall of white. And then you get a flash of a cove somewhere. Fish swimming all around, some sort of bubble. And then you get a flash of like wet, like coral and soil and earth. And then you get a flash of your mother's face, Kahealani. She looks almost exactly like she looked the last day you saw her. Hasn't gotten older. In fact, that those clothes even look similar, but she she's like, she takes up the entire view of your vision and she seems to be shouting and saying something. Uh, and, her, and her face is sort of like, like salt bleached and there's like kelp in her hair. She looks a little wet, but she's able to talk, so she can't be underwater, right? And then it flashes again um, and you see like her moving over to like, there's like, you're like in like a small cove or something. Um, and you see your other mom, Nolly. She's lying prone on the ground with her back, like looking up and she's coughing and coughing and, and sputtering. And then you realize who you are. You're your father. You are Napua. He is linking with you right now somehow as you're getting closer and closer to where he is. And he's trying to transmit these memories. These, no, it's not a memory. It's what's happening right now into your head. Uh, and you hear now like the voices in Wuhan, like getting louder and clearer. You couldn't catch them before, but you get the snippets now. Hear Kahailani go, destabilizing. She's, it's not good. It's not good. There's something going on. The undeath it, whatever this thing is, it, she can't hold on any longer. And you hear yourself speak. Napua freezes. Manaya? Is that you? What do you mean, Napua? What do you mean, Manaya? She's here. I can sense her. It, it must be working. The princess must have found her. Manaya, we're here. Manaya, you have to come. Nali, she, she can't hold on much longer. She needs the princess. And I think on that, we can end the session. And we will be back next week for episode 15. This episode was edited by Jason M. Burroughs. Jason is the producer of the podcast Adventure They Wrote, as well as playing Max, the goblin detective. They're hoping for a new season soon-ish. Follow Jason on Twitter at PunkJr. That's P-U-N-K-J-R. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and ExplainTrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out explaintrade.com. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at Transplaner RPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at Transplaner RPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon Paragons. Abigail Rytel, Azara, Brookbright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Lex Slater, Marvelous, Mitzi, Moonflower Tea, Purple Mouse, Risa, and Target.